Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University. You already know the university where you learn everything that is going on in the world of pop culture and then see what life lessons you can learn for your own life that we extract from these celebrity situations and what is going on in their life. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. You are so welcome. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. You already know I am the professor, Professor Patty. You may know me from TikTok as Patty Pop Culture, where I'm always exposing celebrities with a hint of sweetness and a hint of of bitchiness you guys the new year's eve holiday is upon us it always sinks up on you so fast because you just got done with the godforsaken anxiety inducing overwhelmingness of the christmas holiday week with all the family christmas parties you have to go to all the secret santas all the all the jolly gay meetings or whatever they say in that one christmas song it's just all too much and then on new year's you have to get all hyped up again and then go out And going out on a drinking holiday to me is just starting to not really seem worth it because wherever you are, they always charge so much to go out to the bars. They oversell the tickets. So any bar, any club or fun place you would think to go to on New Year's Eve is just so overpacked that you're crammed like a can of sardines, not being able to move. Drinks are overpriced. People throwing up at you, getting COVID or the flu or RSVP or whatever the new disease is. I get it. New Year's Eve is a fun holiday for a lot of people. Girls want to wear their cute little it girl sparkly cocktail dress parties and live that fantasy, have a New Year's kiss for the night. But me, honestly, I would rather just stay home and get slightly drunk with my friends with a nice glass of wine or maybe some Bailey's hot chocolate and some whipped cream and just watch the New Year's specials. Watch Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton be legendary cunts on their New Year's special. I honestly kind of get mad when I miss the ball drop and all these cute events going on or Andy Cohen drunkenly screaming at the TV because I have to go out with my friends. I would That's just the type of person I am. I'd rather have a fun night in. So I'm kind of wanting to do that this New Year's Eve, but we'll see how it goes. Today we have a lot to talk about. One of the biggest topics taking over Twitter right now that really enrages a lot of people and everyone, no matter what social class you are from, seems to have a big opinion about nepotism babies. We need to talk about all about why I feel like they're kind of ruining the entertainment industry and why some nepotism babies I think are acceptable and others are not and then rank them from best to worst which ones i like which ones i do not like hint you already know i have very strong opinions about kendall jenner then we need to talk about the whole crazy unexpected feud going on with greta thunberg and andrew tate it it, it makes no sense but also makes the most sense and this plot that happened between them is like a cartoon comical absurd story and you need to hear it ends up with someone getting arrested and lastly we're going to talk about uh five of the most important lessons i learned throughout 2022 just to close out the show wanted to put something inspiring in there but before we get into all of it make sure you rate this podcast five star on spotify apple podcast leave a cute little review you're already here you may as well do so screenshot yourself listening to it post it to your instagram story and tag me and i'll hit you up in your DMs and literally harass all your family and friends to listen to this podcast. Literally bully them until they do. I support you. And without further ado, let's get into it. Class is in session. Take your seats. Welcome to Pop Culture University. And you never say hey, you remember my name. And it's probably because you think you're cooler than me.
No one loves a good nepotism baby more than Hollywood does. Some of the most elite jobs you can ever get are usually just handed to people who have parents or family members, friends in the industry, and they almost gatekeep the power and the glory of fame that so many people are dying to get into. And it's kind of seemed as this evil cult people are starting to realize about Hollywood. And nepotism babies have struck up such a massive conversation online. It's reached like a critical mass where they're, 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 it's, we can no longer not talk about the subject of nepotism babies just because of the way it's taking over 2022. In 2022, it kind of seems like everyone was who was up and coming was a product of nepotism. Everyone is someone's kid. Everyone is someone's grandkid from Euphoria to Stranger Things to Bridgerton. All of the favorite shows and movies of this year, you didn't even realize that nepotism babies ran that shit and now the veil is being lifted and people get very mad when they find that out they think oh i thought i just love this person because of their talent and their grit and you know they work so hard to be in this and it kind of makes those individual actors or whoever seem less inspiring and less relatable and almost like you want to root for them a bit less but that doesn't just go for actors it goes for influencers and singers this year it seems like everyone is a nepotism baby so vulture the news outlet came out with an article that was like brutal, brutal. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it was brutal in exposing all the nepotism babies in Hollywood and getting down to the bottom of why it pisses people off so much. There was like a like a image that was at the top of this article and they literally demoralized all these nepotism babies on the cover because they put all their faces on babies in like a hospital crib they didn't just call them out by name they put their faces on the cover of this article understandably it pissed a lot of these nepotism babies off and they decided to speak up about it so even now the actors and actresses the famous people who can just enjoy their inherited clout and isn't that a nice concept inherited clout if only i had inherited clout oh my god that's like the gen z term for like nepotism baby inherited clout in this vulture article they compared the label of, quote, a nepotism baby to having psoriasis, something so awful that will never go away even if you try to shed the image and will permanently taint your reputation in Hollywood in 2022. People used to get away with it, but you know how Gen Z is. You know the investigators. You know the social warriors that Gen Z is, which I love. They're calling these people out and exposing the system that is not a meritocracy that we hoped would be. Even in this article, they um, are putting out PSAs urging celebrity parents to roast their babies to keep them humble. I think every baby needs to stay humble, honestly. But before I name some examples, if it was not clear, a nepotism baby is someone who majorly benefits from having, well, in the terms of Hollywood, from having a family member very closely tied to the industry, whether it be an actor or actress themselves. Maybe it can be a screenwriter. Maybe it can be a director, a model, a singer. You name it. They not only get clout, but they get an in into the industry, which is like 90% of making it in Hollywood, just that first massive break. And then you can just like take all of the residual checks from your one big break and promote um, diet pills or laxative or something on TV for the rest of your life and you're set for life. And a lot of people go down that route, but that's what I'm saying. The biggest part of getting a job in Hollywood is just breaking into the business. And these babies get to do that because they have a major in. They get um, 
not only clout, but they get experience, they get higher pay once they're in it because of the attention that they'll bring to whatever project they're working on. It's a really amazing list of perks that, you know, we all wish we had. So here's some examples that might shock you and it might make you uh, rethink your fave. And I'm sorry if this is like me revealing to you that Santa isn't real, but here we go. So here's a list. Miley Cyrus, Noah Cyrus, Kendall Jenner, Kylie Jenner, Haley Bieber, Jaden Smith, Willow Smith, Drew Barrymore, Jamie Lee Curtis, Liza Minnelli, Timothy Chalamet, Zoe Dooch, Lily Collins, Emma Roberts, Tracy Ellis Ross, Zoe Kravitz, Lily Rose Depp, Brooklyn Beckham, Olivia Jade, Nicolas Cage, Dakota Johnson, Kate Hudson, Kaya Gerber, Billy Lord, Blue Ivy, Malia and Sasha Obama, Cassie David, Maude Apatow. But there's obviously the biggest nepotism baby of all time. Jesus. <laughs> Duh. I wish my name was on that list, though. And we all do. It kind of makes you think, like, wow, like, are we just going to, like, mindlessly bow down to them and let them keep getting away with this, this generational successful careers? Like, are, like how people in England just, like, mindlessly bow down to, like, Prince William. Like, do they really care? Should we really even care about them if they don't even have any talent? Here's some examples of nepotism in action. Kendall Jenner, a lot of people say, can't really even walk in these shows, and she's walking like she is Bambi fresh out the womb, but yet she's the highest paid supermodel in the world because her family got her connections. There's literally scenes in Keeping Up With The Kardashians where Kim is, like, begging Kendall to take the opportunities that Kim is trying to give her, and Kendall's like, isn't taking it seriously at first, and Kim, like, yells at her that she should be so grateful, and she's trying to give her a career, and it's so true. Another example is Lori Loughlin buying Olivia Jade into college and then going to jail for being exposed. Blue Ivy having a Grammy at nine years old just because her mom is Beyonce. Jimmy Lee Curtis getting the role in Halloween that has like made her career just because her mother was the woman in Psycho who's in the famous shower stabbing scene. She even said that she's, quote, pretty sure that it tipped the director's choice her way to choose her for the movie. Another example is Lily Rose Depp landed her first campaign with Chanel, the same house that her mother, Vanessa, worked for. And the same year, she made her film debut alongside her father, Johnny Depp. And when asked about this, if she thinks it's because of nepotism, she just said, quote, it just doesn't make any sense that the path would be already cleared for me. Girl! It doesn't make any sense when people say the path was cleared for you. That is why people do not like nepotism babies. There's no shame in just admitting it, but we'll get into that later. Another great example is when Reese Witherspoon told her industry friend Mindy Kaling that her son Deacon was interested in acting. Mindy Kaling immediately casted him as a prep school cutie in two episodes of Never Have I Ever, in which he did a decent job, according to fans, and, you know, his career was rolling on ever since then another example is when kamala harris's stepdaughter ella showed up to the inauguration dressed in a very unique and uh fashion forward outfit she landed a modeling deal which led to her walking in new york fashion week and being named an icon by harper's bazaar more example is malia obama getting to write scripts for a new amazon series without any prior experience or education in that specific field i actually used to know someone who was like friends with sasha obama and they would like have sleepovers together and do like girly things together and apparently the life of malia and sasha obama is very stressful they even though they're not the president anymore um obama's not the president anymore they still have to walk around with like security guards and anytime they would for example like order pizza the the security guard would have to taste test it first to see if he died and if it was poisoned like insane but also mad luxurious and that's the first thing i would do if i was rich hire someone to first be my assistant and then to eat everything that 
I was about to eat to see if they died first. Also, I want someone to open my Amazon packages for me because I'm like so scared of a package bomb. So I would need an assistant to do that and take the bullet for me there. But being a nepotism baby is not all sunshine, praised mediocrity, gatekeeping, lack of self-awareness, higher pay, simply for your last name, and rainbows. The conversation has reached such a critical mass that uh, being a nepotism baby these days is kind of like the conversation about being pretty. You know how when people are pretty, they have to like phrase it as a bad thing because, oh, I've had to work so much harder just because I'm so pretty and prove to people that I'm not just a pretty face. It's so hard when people just always tell me I'm pretty, like, take me seriously. I have a personality, too. It's, oh, my God, it's just so hard when everyone wants me. It's almost something that people have to apologize for and then make others feel bad for trying to make them feel bad for it's become something that is starting to be socially bad and people have to confront it they're no longer just allowed to reap the benefits and have everyone think that they just got there because they're that great they're now kind of getting bullied in this vulture article i mean whoever wrote this was ruthless darling ruthless they said in the um article quote this is the nepotism baby credo try it and if at first you fail and you don't succeed, remember that you're still a celebrity's child. So try, try again. Basically saying, you entitled fuck. So here's what a lot of celebrities who have, you know, been accused. I mean, I guess you can't really be accused of an nepotism baby. It's just fact. So here are some celebrities who have been given that title, what they've said about it. Maud Apatow, star of Euphoria, said that the term makes her, quote, sad. Gwyneth Paltrow says that she doesn't like it because people are just ready to pull you down and say, you don't belong there. Zoe Kravitz said it left her feeling deeply insecure. Jamie Lee Curtis said, the current conversation about nepotism babies is just designed to try to diminish and denigrate and hurt. Well, yeah, it's not meant to praise Nepo Babies Girl. I'm not saying it's meant to hurt, but it, I feel like the truth hurts. You know what I'm saying? And when Nepo Babies have to look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm really not that girl, huh? Maybe that's why. It hurts a little bit. Um, do you know what really hurts, though? When someone who is a nepotism baby fails in the public then people are going to bully them really hard because it's like you had one leg up you were 10 steps higher on the ladder and you still are kind of failing that would not be good that would be embarrassing some example of people that has happened to is jane fonda's son peter fonda i love jane fonda so much i think jane fonda is such a legend and her current like health issues are making me so sad i want her to live forever but anyway peter fonda um was a big executive in Hollywood once said this about him that he doesn't have a core of tension something in him is still asleep and perhaps always will be basically saying he just doesn't got it and he doesn't care enough and he's not trying hard enough and even with all of his clout and his mom being um Barbarella he still is not going to get them roles and be a superstar sucks to suck i'm pretty sure this this excerpt from the vulture article is about dakota johnson if i just had to guess i want you guys to prepare to guess who this is about any nepotism maybe you can think about that you think maybe isn't very good the okay this is what it says the casting director put it bluntly a lot of children of famous people are not good how often are they meeting with them god there have been so many over the course of my life they once met with an inspiring actress who was the daughter of two movie stars. There was something else that walked in the room with her. Like, my parents are famous, and I'm here because somebody told me to meet you. A lovely person, but definitely a sense of entitlement. She left, and I was like, that person doesn't excite me. The struggle isn't there. However, that wasn't a deal breaker, though, because afterward, that daughter booked 
the role in a movie that made her a household name. I feel like that could potentially be referring to Fifty Shades of Grey with Dakota Johnson, who is a legend. And we'll get into why I really like Dakota Johnson because, yes, I'm being hard on them right now, but the tone will definitely change in a second and we'll see both sides of this. But Dakota Johnson, a legend. And maybe, you know, Patty, that's not the truth. Maybe Dakota Johnson isn't the one they're referring to. We'll see. Also in the article, it was uh, calling out Brooklyn Beckham. David Beckham's son. David Beckham is so sexy. There's someone who spent like $50,000 trying to look like David Beckham. And how does he kick a soccer ball like that? Oh my God. The way it like bends in the air. Like I feel like he's an air bender. It's fucking crazy. Mad respect to David Beckham. But, um, and his feet. I wonder what those feet can do. The article said, no one exemplifies this maxim better than Brooklyn Beckham. In the words of the Guardian's Marina Hyde, a celebrity Sion incapable of having what other mortals might regard as amateur hobbies without considering them nascent professional empires. At 23, Beckham has already cycled through aborted attempts to follow in his parents' footsteps in the worlds of football and modeling. Wow. So they called him unathletic, untalented, and ugly. He next tried to become a a professional photographer, releasing a coffee table book full of -of out-of-focus pictures of elephants. Oh my God, they're really coming for him. Then he was a chef, a career he embarked upon despite possessing a level of culinary talent most commonly seen in BuzzFeed videos. (gasps) Oh my God. Uh, They are just like breaking his like spine one vertebrae at a time until he's fucking dead. Like take your foot off his neck. Fuck. Stop pulling him. I want to like hug him and be like, it's okay. You nepotism baby. I'll wrap you in your blanket and put you to bed. They continued, while these endeavors have not been successful in the traditional sense, they have enabled him to amass 14.6 million followers on Instagram, where the only important metric is the one thing a nepotism baby is assured. Um, Yeah, basically, they're, they're just a shared cloud. I forgot what Brooklyn Beckham looked like. Let me go stalk him on Instagram really quick. Brooklyn Beckham. Mm. Mm. He does look pretty mediocre as well oh you know when you can just tell like someone probably doesn't put in effort into a lot of things yeah it's giving that vibe what other beckham is like super cute brooklyn was really cute when he was younger damn whatever brooklyn we still love you someone else in this article went on to roast nepotism baby models as a whole with what they say here And I mean, if you think about it, being a nepotism baby and being even half decently pretty and you can just get, you know, a little nip, a little nip at a tuck, a little bit. uh, My name is Bella Hadid. You could probably walk in a fashion show. Don't we all wish? Don't we all wish? But that's kind of what a lot of supermodels are these days. That's why people are talking about it. But anyway, they said it's no surprise so many nepotism babies get their start as models. The child doesn't have to open their mouth. I've learned that once they start speaking, the public doesn't really go along for the ride or what they say. The more they talk, the more unrelatable they become. Why do we feel like they're talking about Haley Bieber in that? I feel like who, whatever insiders these are, they really just called out Haley Bieber. Do you guys want to see a Hunger Games of the Nepotism Babies? Like we pull their names out of a fishbowl as dressed in some elaborate uh, costumed outfit made with um, a very pale face of makeup. I would love to be Effie in the Hunger Games and like pull out someone's name that is basically like guaranteed a certain death, but say it with a smile on my face and, you know, enthusiasm in my pronunciation. Primrose Everdeen. 
Haley Bieber. Call them for the Hunger Games. I'd be so bad in the Hunger Games. Oh my God, so bad. I would literally stand on the... And I, I know I would get picked too. I would only have my name in the bowl once. I would still get picked the first time around. I only win like a lottery, a lottery if it's a bad one. Right when the clock in the cornucopia finished counting down, I would scream at the top of my lungs and run off into the woods like PETA did. Literally just like uncontrollably sobbing so loud that someone just kills me so fast. Actually, I would just jump off of it before because don't you like blow up if you jump off too soon? Sounds like the easiest out to me. Anyway, enough talking about nepotism babies being in the Hunger Games. I think there is a place for nepotism babies and I'm going to say why nepotism is not the worst thing and why this conversation doesn't need to be so mean on the internet these days. So first of all, I want to say that nepotism is everywhere. Nepotism is in our lives as well. It's in every single industry, whether it's the medical field or the lawyer field when you need to get nice internships or the marketing field, really anywhere. We all benefit or have some kind of built-in connection just from the family and the network that we are born into. The most common phrase that we hear when it comes to the subject of getting a job is, quote, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And did you know that 85% of jobs are through networking and prior connections? So yes, maybe we don't get to go to the Met Gala wearing a $30,000 dress and a $100,000 necklace while holding hands with our most famous pop star husband in the world like Hailey Bieber from the connections that we were born with. But... We all have them. And would you expect someone in Hollywood not to take them? Unfortunately, we, we really can't stop that anywhere in the world unless there was some crazy laws or revolution that took place. So I feel like we cannot stop them. It's just how the world works. Um, and I, you know, I respect everyone who takes an opportunity. I really do. Because while I think these Nepo babies do get their foot in the door, which is the biggest thing and gets their careers off to this like rocket launcher start... It's what they do with that foot in the door afterwards that is going to determine really how they're seen by the whole world. And if there will be a good nepotism baby, like, um, I feel like a good example is Tracy Ellis Ross, who we all love, or a bad one that someone may get made fun of. So there's a way to be a good nepotism baby and a way to be a bad one. A nepo baby can stay in the sphere of the entertainment world if they use the opportunity to get their foot in the door and then work extremely hard and carve out their own path and aren't so insular and entitled and self-important to the point where they don't feel the need to work hard or be interesting because then they won't last and it's gonna they'll come to an intersection where their privilege is not meeting their talent or their hard work so they will have nowhere to go no road to go down and their career will be over but if someone takes a good their good opportunity and meets it with talent and hard work, they will be able to successfully use the opportunity that they were born into. An example of two people who, yes, had a lot of privilege in the system, but failed to rise to the occasion, even with their massive head start. Well, one is Brooklyn Beckham, who was roasted to shit in this article. And then the second one, as we know, is the woman who was in Funny Girl, the play on Broadway before illiterate Leah Michelle was funny girl and that is beanie feldstein she was a nepotism baby as well and you've seen her in multiple different comedies on the big screen but she also was able to get connected for free with her nepotism baby connections at educationconnection.com to get the role on broadway but was so bad 
because she just simply didn't have the chops and she would have never gotten that role with her lack of vocal range or lack of stamina on stage or just performing talent. She would have never, ever, 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 ever gotten that role if it wasn't for her family. So she was literally fired and got the show to be disgraced and the critical acclaim was in the garbage. She almost took that show off of Broadway because she did so bad. And that's why out of all her replacements, the known resident, controversial, problematic person, celebrity, Leah Michelle had to take over. Like they were like, fine, we'll bite the bullet. She's so talented, even though she's apparently, allegedly a racist. We'll put her in the show because Beanie was that bad, which is, yeah. That is seen as a bad nepotism baby. Someone who's so unaware that they feel like they don't have to be hardworking, that they don't have to, you know, not take roles that they don't deserve. There's no room for nepotism babies like that. So here are some that, here are some nepotism nepotism babies that I do not like. These are at the bottom of the ranking. I think they would not be where they are without their connection. Lowest tier, Hailey Bieber. I'm so sorry, but... I've never like remembered anything she said because I just don't think it's ever been interesting. I think, yeah, she, she's pretty. She's pretty. She's pretty, but that's it. She's not drop dead. You know, she, she looks like someone else is Kylie Jenner. Unfortunately, she would not be a self-made billionaire. Uh, I don't think she would have had the ease of sculpting her body, you know, shake what her doctor gave her if it was not for her family, which I think then in turn got her her career. So I like Kylie. I have nothing against her, but I don't think she'd be where she was without that. Maude Apatow, I think she was okay in Euphoria. I think she was slightly convincing, but after finding out that she had a lot of ins in the industry, uh, it made sense to me because I don't think her performance was overwhelming. Then obviously Olivia Jade whose mother tried to buy her into a prestigious university and then spent the next Christmas in jail. I don't think, you know, Olivia Jade would have had the draw or the ploy to one, become a social media influencer two get into that college and three be on dancing with the stars. Like, come on. Another way to be a horrible nepotism baby is to just completely deny it. Completely pretend like you are really just that girl. Like you're so self-important that you just know you're that good. And that's why you got it. And oh my God, having a famous family actually made it 10 times harder for you. Girl, you're not fooling anyone. Literally no one. And if that's what you have to tell yourself before you go to bed at night so you can sleep well, go ahead. But one day you will look in the mirror and it will be, you know, obvious that that is just not the case. Obviously, I want to quote Kendall Jenner here, who Kendall Jenner here, who was uh, at the Kardashians, keeping up with the Kardashians' final reunion, and Andy Cohen asked her, you know, what does she think about the fact that she's the highest-paid model in the world? And everyone just says that's because of her family. And Kendall said that she had to work twice as hard to become the highest-paid model in the world, and would not even put her last name on call sheets because she didn't want anyone to know what family she was a part of or have that sway any casting directors decision to choose her and her strut was just so good that that uh foot in front of foot hip swing she was killing those runways so hard that she just became the highest paid supermodel in the world Kendall like like I don't really have anything against you at this current moment I guess but like that is just so not true that's a lovely thought but clearly everyone knew what family you were from because there was a television crew at every casting that you were at, girl. Like, we all know Chris Jenner literally threatened 
every casting director behind the scenes and was like, do you know who I am? We know that happened every single time. Kendall was at a casting thing. So um, someone else is Dan Levy. I know from Schitt's Creek, we love Dan Levy, but unfortunately he said some pretty goofy things about nepotism. He literally co-starred with his dad in that television show because he has a famous dad. And then he said, I've never turned to my dad for anything. I think out of the fear of being labeled a nepotism baby. Well, girl, saying that as you're on a show with him puts that label on you. Like, did you think that was going to free you of that label? No. It did the exact opposite. And I remember seeing people online saying like, oh, wow, that that kind of turns me ugly. They want to love him, but that just made him look a little goofy in that moment. Still love Schitt's Creek, though. Still a legend. Someone else is Lena Dunham. She was accused of only casting nepotism babies in her show Girls and then being one herself. And she said, quote, the nepotism thing is ridiculous. No one ever got a television show because their mother was an artist in the 80s or 90s. And I feel like if there's any in in the industry girl, it probably helped. These people should just acknowledge their privilege. I can acknowledge mine. I'm white. I'm middle class. I'm super fucking hot. So obviously I have pretty privilege. Duh. Um, I'm able-bodied. I'm neurotypical. Allegedly, I'm cisgendered. The fact that I probably got a nice plea deal when I went to court was probably based on the fact that I'm white. We, you know, it's just like, I don't, I'm not saying that was 100% it, but I think it's silly to be naive or try to cast any doubt on those things. You know what I'm saying? So here are some nepotism babies who I really like, though. I feel like I can like a nepotism baby, like I said before, if they just acknowledge it. They are unique in their own way. They're not trying to just like be their parents. And they or in like the rare case, they actually pass their family member in fame because maybe they actually have more talent or more of a superstar and it's like oh like the student has become the master it's a big turning of tables so these are people who i think could have been famous even if they have no connection at all and are legendary first of all miley cyrus i mean come on miley's attitude her charisma uniqueness nerve and talent her cunt her vocals themselves she was like jojo siwa wishes Miley Cyrus is everything Jojo Siwa wishes she could be. A child star who has the vocals of, like, a legend. And that is absolutely true. She, from the moment she was a teeny bopper on the Hannah Montana stage, a superstar. And now she's an international, worldwide mega star. And yes, Billy Ray Cyrus had the whole icky, breaky heart thing. And he had a nice little comeback with uh, Old Town Road. Him and his mullet and his creepy mustache and his girlfriend who's younger than Miley Cyrus. We respect him, but Miley is the bigger star. Come on. Come on. Someone else. Emma Roberts. Are you kidding? Chanel Oberlin? Emma motherfucking Roberts, the it girl of forever. She has given us so many iconic on-screen moments, and you know she takes her craft extremely seriously. The practices she would said she would do to get into character, and just the way she delivers as Madison Montgomery, or as I said, Chanel Oberlin, she is such an it girl through and through. I think she could have been famous even without her family. Dakota Johnson. Ever since she said, um, actually, Ellen, that's not the truth. She stays calling out late night host or just talk show hosts in, ge- in general. And because of that, she has carved her own path for herself. And she is a legend icon living. And I will stand her forever. Tracy Ellis Ross. She's fucking hilarious. She's not in the same career as her mother at all, Diana Ross. But she's so funny and so aware of her 
situation. I love her. Drew Barrymore, she's a star. We can't deny that she's interesting as fuck. Her show, like, Drew Barrymore is, like, the most endearing, funny mom to me. And I feel like when she was young and in all those rom-coms, she was, like, the endearing, uh, like, a bit aloof, naive, just, like, best friend. Like, she was... The camera loves her. She's a superstar. And Liza Minnelli, even though her mom was um, Judy Garland. Is that it? Yeah. Liza Minnelli, because it's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S. Because Lisa with S goes not Z. Z instead of S, Lie instead of Lee. It's simple as can be. See, Liza. That is why she's a legend. So what can we learn from this? I feel like from this whole conversation, we can learn that, hey, yeah, nepotism babies, they're annoying. They're entitled. They are crybabies, and they deserve a timeout. But... At the end of the day, we can't change them and we can't change this system. So I feel like um, what I'm trying to say here is capitalize on whatever connections you have in life because clearly it is one of the most important things in the world to get a job if that encourages you to network more, to go out to parties more, to suddenly become closer with your aunts and uncles or grandparents or family friends or whatever do so because that will truly get you the in that will set you up for life there's no shame in it babe any way to get that break you got to do what you got to do so for your life keep a lookout on those connections because as i said 85 percent of jobs are gotten through prior connection and 70 percent of jobs are never even posted publicly because they're just filled with someone that someone already knows before they even have to do so. So as we know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So try to know everyone. I don't mind being pummeled or trampled or trounced, but it does drive you bats to be mis- mispronounced. It's Liza with Z, not Lisa with an S, because Lisa with an S goes snot. It's Z instead of S, Lie instead of Lee. It's simple as can be. See, Liza, then M-I-double-N, then E-double-L-I, you double up the N, that's not new. Then E-double-D-L, end with an I. That's the way you say, Minnelli, Liza Minnelli. It's easy, it's easy. See, it's Lazy. No, Liza! So there has been a massive Twitter brawl and it is, I think, the perfect way to cap off 2022. I feel like men are getting their comeuppets at the end of the year. Tory Lanez and now Andrew Tate. baby was taken down in 2022. I just know men will be taken down more in 2023. But this was the most hilarious fight I've ever seen happen on Twitter in my whole fucking life. So Greta Thunberg, I'm assuming you know who she is. If you don't, she is like a teen climate change activist she is a teenager but she also looked like she's kind of like 85 at the same time but in the most respectful way do you know what i'm saying like a cute 85 year old like a 85 year old you want to play bridge with and invite to brunch and unless you were living under a rock this year which i feel like some of you were because of some of the things you dm me like when you first start to listen to the podcast you're like oh oh i i never knew that kim kardashian used to be married to kanye west girl so let, let, let me just lift the rock up from out, you know, from above you. Um, a huge conversation this year was climate change with celebrities and using their money to fly their private jets on a three minute flight to In-N-Out Burger down the street. Taylor Swift taking like 900 flights this year when she doesn't need to and loaning her jet out to everyone and having all these cars or just polluting the air more than they need to from their resources. It was a huge conversation. And Andrew Tate who, if you don't know who he is, he's like a misogynist MAGA men's rights uh, influencer. He is basically just like a menace. 
on the internet and if you don't know him oh my god girl i'm so like jealous of you he's he's awful he is someone who does outrage marketing to try to get attention on social media and i guess i do too like i guess i do a little outrage marketing it works i did the other day make a video about which celebrities i think will die in 2023 it did get people's attention but his outrage is like actually really awful and really offensive and elon musk let him back on twitter god knows why because elon musk is dumb but um he took this opportunity to try to get under greta thunberg's skin because greta is very big on the internet so andrew tate who is this rich male podcast guy who tries to influence young men to be just like him and hate women and do whatever they can to be an alpha male and make money he tweeted out hello at greta thunberg i have 33 cars my bugatti has a w16 8.0 l quad turbo whatever the fuck that means my two Ferrari 812 Competition have 6.5L versus 12S. Again, for all of you car nerdies out there, I do not know what that means. Basically, I think it just means they're like really bad for the environment. A lot of CO2 emissions going on. He said, this is just the start. Please provide your email so I can send you a complete list of my car collection and the respective enormous emissions. First of all, what? Be like begruntled gremlin 12 year like third grader boy possessed andrew tate to tweet that like i know he was just like giggling the whole time he was tweeting that it's like when someone just like picks on you for no reason and then like laughs about it and thinks you're slick they're slick but they really just want your attention he's so fucking embarrassing but he knew he just wanted to get under Greta Thunberg's skin so she would respond to him and give him clout on social media because he's been kicked off of it for a long time, so he needs to get the ball rolling again. And it worked. Greta Thunberg responded to him, and she said the best response of all time. To his tweet, boasting about the amount of cars he has, she responded with, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. I'm fucking obsessed with her. She like she called like the head of the misogyny snake out for having a small dick, which he probably fucking does. I've never seen a dick print on Andrew Tate. That response had me laughing harder than when Kamala Harris sees the bus. That response that response alone made me want to go plant a tree or something for the environment. Greta does not support CO2 emissions, but she lit his ass up, put oil on him, and lit that shit on fire and that tweet now made greta thunberg the youngest person on twitter to ever have a tweet hit three million likes wow thing about the andrew tate stands though like they're not to be fucked with yes there's a lot of people who go against him but anytime i've like made a video about him on the internet they report it so many times it gets taken down because they like pledge allegiance to that man which i don't know why so andrew tate responded to her saying that he has a small dick he said in a tweet thank you for confirming via your email address that you have a small penis at greta thunberg the world was curious and i do agree you should get a life and then he put out a video that's two minutes long basically giving the most immature uh unfunny unclever response to her release some greenhouse gases i'm obviously a stranger to online controversy it's not something i often do but now the mainstream press is commenting on the fact that I was informing Greta that my very extensive car collection 
with internal combustion engines, which run on dead dinosaurs, have an enormous emission profile. And she replied by telling me her own email address. Greta's email address is, I have small dick energy. Why would that be your own email address, Greta? Strange. I mean, also, I don't want to assume her gender. It's 50-50, but it is what it is. I'm not actually mad at Greta. Please bring me pizza and uh, make sure that these boxes are not recycled. Thank you. So I'm not actually mad at Greta, right? Because she doesn't realize she's been programmed. She doesn't realize she's a slave of the matrix. She thinks she's doing good. Someone has sat her down and convinced her to try and convince you to beg your government to tax you into poverty to stop the sun from being hot. And then, because I called her out on it, the global matrix got this bot farm to like and retweet and all this bot commenting to try and pretend that her telling me that she has a small dick in her own email address somehow teaches me a lesson. Welcome to a new episode of The Clown Show. But now I know, at least, that Greta, with a little hate-filled face, bitter, sitting somewhere without the heating on, in the cold, little hat, shivering. <laughs> Use my tweets, which is going to make my Twitter account far more fun into eternity. That response was really unlike Andrew Tate because it was so just not on the nose. It wasn't biting. It wasn't sharp. It wasn't smart. It was really uh, lacking in in impressiveness and just showed again how much he's getting roasted and ratioed by a 19 year old girl on Twitter. Andrew Tate, you can hate him, but he's really smart. Like I don't agree with anything he says, of course. Like I'm not saying he's smart in that way. He's an awful person, but he's smart in the way where he can respond to people with the most sound logic his arguments can possibly have, if that makes sense. Like, there's no sound argument for saying climate change isn't real, but he makes it seem as though you have to, like, second-guess yourself. He's very, very clever, and it's scary. But that was, like, a really, like, just immature response of him. Just, like, undeveloped, not good response. And the where, where he said, um, if I'm assuming your gender, it's 50-50, I was like, bruh. Embarrassing isn't even the word to describe it. I would never get in a beef with a teenager, though. Like, even if a teenager came up to me and called me, like, a fag, I'd be like, oh, okay, bye. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting in a fight with a teenager. I'm just not doing it. Anyway, did you hear the part in the video where he said, please bring me pizza? That's where things get crazy. Because on that pizza box, the, the pizza box that was brought to him doxed him. It let government officials who were watching his video on Twitter know where he lived which is important because the pizza boxes shown in the video are from a romanian restaurant chain called jerry's pizza and cops from romania have been looking for him and they finally knew he was in the country from the pizza boxes in the video and they went to his house and arrested him oh oh can you believe it Imagine going to jail because you made a video bullying a teenage girl about having a small penis and then you get arrested. <laughs> that's that's like a downfall that not even S Steven Spielberg could have written any better. So he was uh, like arrested after that because 
Um, him and his brother, Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate, were detained on suspicion of human trafficking, R-A-P-E, and forming an organized crime group who allegedly kept at least six women captive in houses surrounding the area where they were sexually assaulted and forced to produce pornographic content for social media under the threats of violence so now they're investigating them and they're holding them in custody to question them and search their house and everything Greta did more for climate change by getting him locked up than disney's send it on song ever did he thought he got her good to saying that she is a small dick but he was playing checkers while greta was playing chess she said checkmate bitch hoping that he would dox himself you playing checkers couldn't beat me playing chess now i'm about to turn around and beat my chess Bitch, it's King Kong. Bitch, it's King Kong. This is King Kong? Yes, Miss King Kong. Chinese ink on, Siamese links on. Call me two chains. Name go ding dong. Greta really said to fuck around and find out, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Tate may own 33 gas-guzzling cars, but Greta Thunberg now owns Andrew Tate. And you know what? I think him and his brother are probably guilty because, unfortunately, I had to do research on andrew tate before for a video that i was going to make about him called five reasons why everyone hates andrew tate that was swiftly reported so many times by the incel cult andrew host that it was taken down but um he in the past was suspected of the same thing and for some reason he was let off or whatever but people think he like threatened the girls who were involved to not say anything allegedly and he factually used to make money off of making women who worked for him do like video chat calls with older men that were of course sexy in nature and they would make money on these video chat calls from the men paying to talk to them but andrew would take all the money and not give them anything and he said it's just an honor that they got to work for them so his business like apparently didn't continue but people just think he kept it going and is just holding these women against their will or something but I feel like the truth will come out in my heart. I feel like his whole, you know, men's rights, internet persona is just bullshit. And he didn't become rich by being the best in business or being a genius or being an alpha male or whatever. He became rich from being a criminal and an awful person. So what can we learn from this whole situation? I would say a lesson here is to be careful who you idolize and who you look up to because Andrew Tate's whole thing is trying to get people to follow him and be just like him and learn from him. But I feel like we should not be blindly following anyone unless they give us some credentials. You know, we can't be seeing people's potential without their credentials. Even if that comes down to like a family member or a parent or an older brother or something, I just wouldn't blindly follow their lead. It's just because they tell you to. I feel like you should base who you inspire to be like based on your own values and your own hopes and dreams in life and then search for people who match those and have developed those skills and lifestyle and um just all around live in inspiring existence that you know you can be one day but just are not quite there yet so i would say understand who you want to be in the future what's important to you and what you want to resemble and who you want to resemble and then base who you you know look to for that sort of inspiration advice and as a leader and choose it from there. Don't just choose it for because someone has this outward vibrato and, you know, tells you that they're the best in the world, but actually have a lot of secrets and may not be who you think they are at all under the covers. So don't worship a false god in that way.
So remember on Tuesday when we talked about how Nick Cannon had to visit 11 kids on Christmas this year and how he was booked and busy? Well, now he just welcomed his 12th baby with Alyssa Scott, who he already has another baby with. But now he has 12. This man is can't even say he's like a part-time dad anymore. He is a full-time. He is a he he needs to be getting paid overtime if not. He is so fucking booked and busy. There's not going to be enough of him to go around. There's clearly enough of him to go around with the women, but not with his fucking kids. I just don't think it's so like just irresponsible of him to do that. Like there's no way he's going to be able to spend enough time with all of them. He can like put them all on a group FaceTime or something and that could be his bonding time, but there's no way. Even not not even in a day, but like in a week, in a month. He's just not going to be able to do that. Um, I still think scientists should um, use his body for science, dissect his balls, and see how the fuck he is so fertile. And maybe that can go towards ending infertility in men. But congratulations, question mark, to Nick Cannon for, you know, your 12th baby. It's like this man hasn't learned his mistake after the 12th time. All he had to do, really all that man had to do was have two kids with Mariah Carey and stop. Ugh. That's all he had to do. And then he could have been set for life. Mariah pff, makes way more than him. She could have been paying him child support or something. I'm just saying he could have had Mariah money and lived happily ever after with his kids rock and row. But no. So before we end the episode, because it is Pop Culture University, where we try to learn some life lessons as we, you know, dig into the dirty, exciting, hot goss. I thought I would share with you guys, I think the five biggest life lessons I've learned this year, whether it be through the podcast that we talked about or through real life. And yes, I may look the same as I did at the beginning of this year. I may seem the same in a lot of ways, but I feel like I'm definitely a changed person mentally than I was at the beginning of the year. So insanely different. Even how I approach the podcast is so different how confident I feel doing it and the whole process and being a content creator has really pushed me to I think just shed old um, unfavorable habits of mine or thought processes because it really pushes you out of your box and just all the crazy opportunities I got to experience this year and growth and traveling and graduating school and going to award shows and networking and just learning all these things, it really makes you forced to grow. So I'm kind of happy for the ups and downs that this year has brought me. Um, But I feel like I've learned a lot. And I think I'm genuinely like a better person than I was at the start of the year. So the first thing I learned this year that has helped me so much in just my everyday life is to take things less personally. I really don't take much personally these days because I feel like I used to really beat myself up over any relationship of mine, whether it be romantic or friendship or family. I would always be so scared that I would do something wrong or the person would get mad at me or I wasn't enough or I wasn't interesting enough or maybe if someone doesn't talk to me anymore, it's all because of me and I just don't meet some criteria and I never will. But now I just understand that People's reactions to me have 99.9% to do with them and not to do with me. Especially just in a romantic circumstance, I feel like I've let myself kind of let that go. And it puts so much less pressure on me. B, 
people want something so specific people have a type not only when it comes to looks but when it comes to personality and just so many small details about you that you can never even know what someone is thinking when they don't reciprocate um in a relationship with you so it's in it's like almost absurd to me now to take things personal and relationships that i used to kick myself for and blame myself for them ending i'm like wait nowadays i look back and i laugh i'm like oh my god that wasn't my fault like i didn't do anything wrong so i just take things less personally all the time or when it comes to even like friends like or family like when someone is like projecting something at me i used to take it so personally i'm like oh my god like why are they being mean like i didn't do anything to them or even like a stranger at a bar like now i just understand they're projecting and it doesn't have to do with me and it really eases up a lot of tenseness in my life so i would challenge you guys to take a lot of things less personally this year because trust me it's not you it's them the second thing is i just say to myself every day now and kind of live by this rule that people will appreciate me for me or not at all you can't put a mask on who you are you can't act like a different person all the time and i feel like i really started doing that last year kind of and it would almost be exhausting at a point like when i was texting someone or meeting new people i would i guess like not totally change my personality but just like frame myself a little to how i think they wanted me to act or what they thought was cool or what someone like wanted me to say next in the text conversation i would try to please people with my personality and make things easy for them or try to make myself more likable and less myself to i guess trick people into liking me more even though i was still me just definitely um a censored version of myself but now i am so myself all the fucking time because i realize one being myself is the most valuable thing because no one else can be me and you're when, when you're your true, authentic, full self and you express that to people outwardly, they are now given something with you that is totally irreplaceable and in like non-interchangeable with anyone else. So they are going to have this major like respect and almost like fascination with you just because you're you and they have never met anyone else like you. So pretending to be someone else will not work for you at all and i feel like i just learned that this year because i used to think if if i would be myself i would ruin a situation and then it would sting even more because oh my god i was being myself and they didn't like me wow but i guess if i thought i was being someone else then if i got rejected it wouldn't hurt as much and that has to go with the podcast as well i think i used to be less of myself and less tame and more agreeable and stuff when i would talk in here but now i'm like wait i'm just gonna be me and say what i want in this microphone for an hour and if people keep listening that's great and if you know if they stop listening that's gonna hurt a lot more because like now i'm being myself but you know the podcast has just kept growing and growing more throughout this whole year so i'm myself always even when i just meet someone i yeah i'll be a bit more uh like polite and less crazy but i'm really myself from the get and I think that is good. That also goes into like how I look too. Like I don't worry as much about how I look. I don't try to like take catfish photos or look so sexy and amazing and cute in every single photo I take or wear the nicest outfit all the time or be super like tight and toned all the time. Like I'm going to let my personality shine more than anything else. 
And the less I care about how I look, like the more my personality shines. So I think that's like an interesting thing that I realized this year that I take with me all the time. The third thing is people aren't thinking about me as much as I think. <laughs> um, and not, not in like a narcissistic way, like no narcissistic vibes here. I'm just saying in the past, I think I used to think people would pinpoint the negative about me just because in my head I would think, oh my God, the negative is so obvious. Like they must be seeing it. They must be seeing that my hair looks bad today or that I'm walking awkward or that I'm doing this or that wrong. I used to think people would care about those things. And when I would walk into a class, I would be so nervous about like how I put my bag down or was walking in the gym and feel so awkward just walking in front of all these people. But now I know like I could be in the gym and pee on the floor in front of everyone and slam a weight down and grunt and scream and drop the bench press right on my face and break my skull and people would like barely even care like no one's really paying attention that much i could take an ass pick right in the big mirror at the gym in front of everyone pull like fully moon everyone and no one would would give a shit and that's just like what i've experienced now and that eases up my anxiety so much in public in literally every situation so definitely i would say People are not thinking about you as much as you think they are. And that will give you a lot more freedom as you're going about your day. And I, I, I know it's hard to nail that thought into your head, but I promise you it's true. Because think about how you think about other people when they're walking by. You might think of them for a second or think about what they're wearing or what they're doing for a millisecond, but you completely forget into oblivion right after. So I would say, yeah. Number four is, I know this sounds so cheesy, but number four is that like laughter is truly the best thing in the world. Um, Like at the beginning of the year, my hair was falling out because I was like stressed out so much and I would just emphasize, I think, in social interactions, being so perfect and wanting to be so... Um, like want, like wanting everything to go so good in life that I would just be like so stressed about it. And I would never just be able to ease myself in situations. I would always just kind of be uptight and not thinking about the simple things, just like wanting to laugh with my friends or give people a laugh when I just meet them or I'm out in class or talking to whoever. And now I realize like the best social lubricant, the best, um, medicine, the thing to give people the best time when they're with you is to just make them laugh. And that's made my social interactions like so much better towards the end of the year. Like when I'm out with anyone or talking with my mom, like I just want to laugh. Like I just want to crack a joke and people will not only like, like you more, but they'll remember how you made them feel when they were with you. And like, they'll associate you with just like laughter and like good times and everything like that. So I would say like, don't stress so much about all the little details in social interactions or if you're saying the right thing or if things are going good just focus on having a good time and laughing that's all you need to think about when you're with someone just keep the conversation nice and fun and crack a joke or two because laughter this year has been like the best thing for me and i try to do it every day a day where i don't laugh is like a day wasted so number five anything the most important is trusting myself the biggest 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 thing i used to always think that I was making the wrong decision about everything and I was second guess everything I would think and think oh I'm not smart enough to make the right choice I'm not wise enough I'm probably ruining something right now by making this choice but and I feel like being a young person in general like even if you right now are like in your 20s or 
late teens, you're coming up on that age, or you have experienced this all before and you're in your 30s or 40s, you still have a lot of decisions to make then. Like we all have a lot of decisions to make, but especially as a young person in that kind of like instrumental phase in your life. Um, and all those decisions in those young years in the past few years of my life has like driven me crazy about making the right decision all the time. So now I guess I just trust myself with every decision I'm thinking. And I think like I will legit say to myself as an affirmation every day or just like randomly in my head, I'm like, I trust myself. I know it's best for myself. I make the right decision all the time. I don't even tell myself I think I'll make the right decision. I say to myself in my head, I know I make the right decision every single time. I make the right decision every single time. So in doing so has made my life so much better because I think truly the person who knows what's best for you is you because you're the only person who knows all the complexities and the mind maze that is your brain and what's going to make you happy and what you're capable of and what you see for yourself. And I wouldn't worry about making the wrong decision that's going to destroy everything because we make so many decisions every day. I would say factually, you're going to make 90% the right decisions and maybe 10% of the time they might be a bit off, but the other 90% of the time you're making the absolutely right 100% choice that is going to offset any slight wrong turn. So I feel like it's just always going to work out and you always make the right decision for you. So maybe start saying to yourself, I make the right decision every single time and it will ease up your anxiety so much. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me at Pop Culture University today. I hope you had a fun time spilling the tea and discussing some so unbelievably wise and spiritual life lessons with me. I'm a guru, if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, just thank you for joining again. I can't believe this is the last podcast episode of 2022. I think I didn't miss it. Like, I, I was late the other day, but I don't think I actually missed one upload this year. That's crazy. So I made 52 episodes this year. Wow. No, a- a- 104, because I post twice a week. Wow, I can't believe I made 104 podcast episodes this year. Damn. Well, it's been a very fun year, a very exciting year. I've literally grown so comfortable like doing this. I-, I crave doing it when I'm not. And it was so intimidating to me at first when I started in 2021. So I encourage you guys to try something super, super intimidating that you wish you were good at that might take a long time because... That time is going to pass anyway, and one day you're going to be so confident and comfortable doing it. So, oh my God, Patty, stop preaching. Shut up. The episode's over. You don't have to fucking give advice all the time. It's not warranted. I'm sorry. Anyway, I hope you guys have an amazing New Year's, and I'm so blessed to be able to spend the year with you guys. Please DM me anything. I try to get back to literally every single DM. It takes a lot of time, though, to be honest. I'm always doing shit. There's a lot of them in, in there. I still want to do the um, what do you want to share with the class segment. I've got a few people to DM me their drama and the drama's already looking good. Y'all have some pretty interesting lives. So I'm excited for the what would you like to share with the class segment. DM me some crazy tea that you want to share with everyone that we can discuss on here. Kind of like an Ask Patty segment. But um, yeah, until Tuesday, be safe this weekend. Um, seriously, be safe with everything going on and crazy Ubers and drunk driving. Just be safe so you can have a super fun and 
life-changing, amazing 2023 that I know you all are capable of. Okay. So I will see you Tuesday. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.